0: Uh, if you would to take your Bibles out and uh, would you join me in the book of Genesis, book of Genesis, Genesis, the second chapter, and we're going to look at verses 7 through 18. We are in our series, which is entitled A New You. What kind of you, everybody? How many need some new stuff in their life? How many can new stuff, new stuff, new stuff? Um, not only do we need new stuff, we need a, we need a new life. Inside and outside. And I've been thanking God for this series because at least it's made me think about doing some stuff differently. Amen? I've been taking the stairs instead of taking the elevator. Amen? Five flights. Five flights of stairs. Amen. And I've been running up those stairs. And uh, Pastor Johnson and Pastor uh, Bolgen have tried to follow me. The Bible: The race is not given to the swift, neither to the strong, but to them that endure to the end. Amen. Amen. Uh, all jokes aside, I was—I uh, went jogging the other day. Let's just praise God for that. Listen, man, let me tell you. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. There are certain things that you say you'd never do, and now that you're finally doing it, it's just a—it's a, a—it's a miracle. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I thought I was all big and bad because, you know, my wife, she's been the runner. She's been the runner. Uh, she hates when I say that, but she, she's, she's run more than I ever had. Uh, and so, you know, once I started to get into it, I figured, you know, I'm a man. Can't let, can't, let, can't, let her, can't let her beat me. So I'll be honest. You know, when we run, sometimes at least I need to finish first. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> confession, confession. Man, the other day we went running. And, man, some days you have it and some days you don't. Right. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Some days you got it, some days you don't, man. And uh, she got a nice little pace out ahead of me. And I thought I was just going, you know, go on ahead and close that thing. But, saints, I want you to know. <laughs> how, how many know the struggle was real? Come on, say man. So the Lord's been humbling me, teaching me uh, to be humble and that uh, this health thing is no joke. How many have been trying to eat better? How many have been trying to eat better? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. It matters, man. It matters. When I was younger, I didn't care what I ate. Right? Hot fries, sodas, go to bed at 2 in the morning, get up at 5, and then go play ball all day and then do it again. Anybody remember that? When you could do crazy stuff and get away with it? How many of you too old now to do that stuff and be able to get away with it? Man, I took, a vaca- I took a vacation and needed to recover from the vacation. Lord have mercy. So how many want to be a new you? You want to be a new you. You want to add some years to this life. Amen. So today, uh, our series, it's an acronym, CREATION. CREATION. We believe that everything God did in CREATION uh, shows us principles on how we can live healthier lives. Would you say amen to that? I believe the blueprint for how we should live our lives is really in the first two chapters of the book of Genesis. And so one of the things we discovered is it's important to make, to have, to make right choices. That's the letter C. Then number two, we recognize that we need rest. How many say amen to that? And then we realized that we needed our environment, which we'll discover today, that our environment needs to be adjusted and adapted to help us to live more fruitful and optimal lives. And then after uh, the E, we got activity. We're going to talk about exercise and activity next week. Come on, say amen. (laughs) Uh, Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) And then trust in God. How many know you need God to change lifestyle habits and break addictions? Come on, say amen. The Lord told me somebody's going to be set free from smoking during this series. Come on, say amen. Somebody's going to get off some of these pills during this series. Amen. Somebody, how many just want, need healing in this series? You need some healing. Praise God. And so we trust in God. And then we're going to look at interpersonal relationships. You cannot miss that. I'm almost, I mean, they're going to get mad at me. I almost feel like we need to take a couple sermons to talk about the importance of interpersonal relationships and our health, both physically, mentally, and spiritually. And then after interpersonal relationship, we're going to look at nutrition and what we should eat. Today, environment, let's go. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Uh, begin, let's begin at verse 7. If you will go there now. Um, You'll see it on the screen. It's right there in front of you. This is from the English Standard Version of the Bible. The Bible says, then the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the what, everybody? The dust from the where? From the ground. Those are all critical points to my message today. And then what did he do after that? He breathed into his what, y'all? Into his nostrils, the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Verse eight. And the Lord God, and the Lord God, and the Lord God, and the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And, verse 9, out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 10. Are y'all still with me? Yes, the Bible says, and a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. Now this is some serious living, y'all, where you got a river at your, in your crib. And there it divided and became how many, y'all? Four. So you got one river and just so the Lord could just show you how bad he is, he says, let's just make it four. The name of the first is Pishon, it is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, verse 13, uh, I mean, ver- uh, onward, uh, where there is gold. So, so, so Adam had built in gold just in the ground Ooh. where he lived, amen? Just, bl- just bling off the top, verse 12, and the, g- and the gold of that land is good. Now, this is going to blow your mind. Uh, the Bible says uh, uh, bedelium and onyx stone are there. Don't even try to pronounce it, but what I'll tell you is this. These, uh, if you look into the Hebrew on this, these are essentially stones and metals that were in the earth that produced an aroma. So the Lord built in air fresheners in the metal, y'all. Y'all not hearing it. The gold smelled good. Y'all not praying. Nobody praying today. Verse 13. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. These are the scriptures that we just run past. We don't, just take me to the New Testament, Pastor. I don't want to deal with this. We're going to, have to deal with this today. There's a word in here. And the name of the third river is Tigris, which flows east of Assyria, and the fourth river is Euphrates. I'm just going to pause here for a second because some of this stuff sounds familiar to you. I did not do this in the first service, but I need to pause at least to say this. There's a reason why folks are fighting over the Middle East. It is, it is a rich land. The ground is rich. And uh, if I had time, I'd talk to you a little bit about the flood and what the flood did to rearrange the planet. Let me say this. When, when When God created the heavens and the earth, the world was not so much separated by bodies of water as it is now. The bodies of water, the separation, Indian Ocean, Pacific Ocean, Atlantic Ocean, all of this is a result of mabul. Mabul is the Hebrew word for flood, and flood is not a good word to describe what happened. It was not really a flood. It was more like the best way to describe this Hebrew word to talk about what the flood did to the planet is, 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 is you, guys, you guys have like a, uh, uh, like a washing machine that washes clothes, right? That's what happened to the planet. There was water not just coming from above, there was water coming from beneath. The only way that Noah survived the flood was not because he was in a boat. He survived because he obeyed God and made a boat. So I'm saying that to say this, this region is rich in minerals, rich in things that bless your life and make your life healthier. God set it up that way. Folks, now, we don't know where the Garden of Eden is anymore, but if we are to assume based on the rivers, the Tigris and Euphrates, that's in the area of modern-day Babylon or Iraq, Iran areas, all right? So now you know why folks are fighting over the oil and all that type stuff because it's a rich area. Verse uh, 15, uh, can we we go on? Uh, the, The Bible says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden. Verse 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. Verse 18, would y'all help me read this one? It should be on the screen. Then the Lord God said, This is the natural thing that should come after something like that. But then the Lord God said, What is this, everybody? It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Everything you need for life is in these passages of Scripture. Everything you need for life is in Genesis, the second chapter. God built this thing right, and we're going to extrapolate principles out of this passage of Scripture. Hopefully, you'll apply them to your lives, and you will not see this as an entertaining moment of the pastor trying to say something good to keep your attention. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will help us to discover the principles in the Word of God that you have built in for our enjoyment, for optimal health, for abundant living, For joy instead of stress and gloom. Lord, you have placed this in the word of God, and now we seek to extrapolate it now for our benefit. Help us, because the Holy Spirit's the only one that can do this. We're too critical. Our attitudes are too bad. We've been through too many things this week. We're too unfocused. We like television more than the word. So the Holy Ghost is really going to need to help us today. So we are praying right now for divine insight. Get our feelings out of the way, and may we hunger for a word from God. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. And amen. Uh, One of the uh, things that I like to do is I like to... uh, well, I mean, I don't, know why I, like, I don't even know why I like to do it because I torture myself. I love to see how the rich and famous live. I mean, I do. I like cars. I like houses. I like all that. Y'all don't like that stuff because y'all are y'all Christians, so y'all, y'all not even into that. Y'all don't want nice stuff at all. You just want to be saved. You don't care about any of that, right? So, I mean, I love, I love that stuff, and I love to see how they're living. My wife gets mad at me because every time I see it, I get angry. You know, I just, I just get, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it just bothers me. We were in Los Angeles a few uh, just a couple weeks ago for vacation, and, you know, I, I wanted to go to Bel Air, and uh, I didn't want to go to Hollywood. I want to see where the people live that run Hollywood, you know, and it's amazing. You see how these folks live. However... Uh, MTV Cribs years ago used to be a show. How many remember MTV Cribs? They would go to various stars. Oh, good. We got some folks raising their hand in their 60s. Praise God. So y'all don't read your Bible all the time. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Anyway, so, you know, they they would go to various stars' house. they show you the house and stuff like that. Anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by these things. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm intrigued, man. I just... It just blows my mind the kind of money people have yeah. and the kind of luxury that they live in, you know, importing things from the most rarest places, for the simplest things. Well, there is one house that caught my attention that I want to talk about for a minute, just as a way of illustration to talk about really what God intends for us and how we as human beings have tried to artificially remake what God has done for our enjoyment and our health. There is, there is a brother, you may have heard him, he is the wealthiest man in America, and his name is, uh, uh, anybody know? No, Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Bill Gates is worth 81, pause, let's, let's pause right now, and just $81 billion. And when you're worth $81 billion, you live a certain way. Come on, say amen. Now, some of y'all out there, you're so spiritual. The Lord gave me $81 billion. I, I, would, I would advance the kingdom of God. I would live in the same house. The devil is a lie. You got, you got a small promotion, and you went out and bought you a new car. Come on, say amen. So if you, if you rolled into $81 billion, Lord help your soul, amen? But anyway, $81 billion, and he built a house that's $81 billion, and built a house uh, for $67 million. It currently right now is worth $128 million. Uh, let me frame this for you. Uh, uh, that house is worth more than it costs the Quicken Loans Arena to be built. Wow. All right? Are we, are we here now? So that's how much it's worth. Now, he paid $2 million for the property, and let's just say he made a good investment, right? Now, $128 million is like 0.1% of $81 billion. So let's not judge him. That's good stewardship. Come on, say amen. That's real good stewardship. He's not living above his means. <laughs> When you make 81 billion dollars, you can live like that, right? Uh, nevertheless, there were a couple things that intrigued me about the house, other than the fact that it, it doesn't—it's not really on a large property. Uh, it's 66,000 square feet, no big deal, right? We've seen that before at schools, amen. <laughs> hey, We've seen that before, right? 66,000 square feet. Uh, there are seven bedrooms, no big deal. We've seen that before. But there are 24 bathrooms, all heated floors, uh, six kitchens, six fireplaces. And the house took seven years to build. Now, check this out. It took 300 construction workers to build his house in seven years. Out of the 300, 100 of them were electricians. Some of you know where I'm going. 100 of them were electricians. Now, this is Bill Gates, right? Bill Gates is a tech guy. Microsoft, anybody ever use Microsoft Word? Uh, All that type of stuff. that's, That's Bill Gates, okay? So, Bill Gates is... Designing a house with technology in mind has a hundred people to help him with the technological aspect, but you ain't even heard nothing yet. This brother uh, has built the house not out of brick and marble, but out of five hundred year old Douglas fir trees. All right, now the, some of y'all, there's no relevance to you on that. Well, a fir tree basically a Christmas tree. Okay, now the reason why that's that's important is because these trees have healing properties. They say if you put three of these trees, if you put three of these trees in your yard, it will reduce your energy bills by 50%. They're not, they're not easy to come by. If properly used and appropriately placed, they can help to reduce uh, the cost. So he's decided he's going to build his house out of this stuff. I don't know, uh, a, uh, what is it? it it's five, how many? He had five, about four, four tons of all this stuff that he's using to make this. Now, now, now let's, let's go further. The houses used... Also create a natural surrounding that helps to discourage asthma, headaches, and high blood pressure. Y'all see? You see how Bill, you see how Bill is thinking, right? Okay, let's keep going here. Um, the house is—I I don't know if you can see that Oh, good, we have it on the screen. I didn't do this for first service, so count yourselves blessed, right? So you can see a little bit of it. Now, just honestly, if you look at that, it really looks like a—it looks like a resort. Right. It doesn't really look like a house that you're like wow. But when we we're in Seattle, we drove by this house. The house is sort of positioned. Though anybody's been to Seattle? Seattle is, it is so. I mean, the, there, there's water everywhere. It is lusciously green. He, he hewn this house out of a hillside, so a great portion of the house is in the earth. All right, you see that there? Uh, it, it's positioned on uh, on Lake Washington. And, I mean, he's got a car, a car garage that's like the Batcave. cave. You can't see where it is, and it enters out the street. I mean, it's just amazing. 23-car garage. Um, there's a pool system that flows through the house, then out into the uh, infinity pool uh, that's, uh, that's several, several thousand square feet long. It's actually 4,000-square-foot infinity pool, all right? But, but, but that's the amazing thing. Um, he has rivers that flow through his house, that flow into the pool, along with saunas, along with all the other things that you would see at a resort. It essentially is a resort. Not to mention that, uh, I see somebody, one of my friends that used to work at Sky Zone, uh, at Cornell. He has a Sky Zone in the house. Now, it's not Sky Zone, but Sky Zone's like a trampoline thing. He has a large 4,000-square-foot trampoline recreational center in his house as well. All right? I'm just, I'm, you ain't heard nothing yet. The exercise facilities with the sauna and the steam room and uh, the separate men's and women locker rooms, not bathrooms, uh, are attuned to 2,500 uh, square uh, feet. Now, here's the thing that blew my mind. In these little uh, aquariums that he has throughout the house, he has artificial streams of water, not only that flow to the infinity pool, but these streams of water are, are all over the walls and fixtures, and you literally feel in some rooms, they suggest, like you are underwater. All right. There's a reason why this brother is doing this. This brother has fish imported from tropical areas of all over the world just to dance the eyes of his fancy to enjoy and see how they look. The sand on on Bill Gates Beach is imported from St. Lucia in the Caribbean. Brother said, listen, we don't need no sand from Seattle. Somebody send a barge down there and bring me back some sand from St. Lucia. You see how they think about stuff like this? Like, we're excited because we got granite countertops. (laughs) Yeah, you're doing something now, right? Your garage is detached from the house. We're here. No, 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 no. No, there's more. Now, here's the thing that blew my mind. Here's the thing that, that rocked my world. If you go on the architect's website, he says, he notes, and I'm going to read it in the sophisticated language and then we'll break it down. He notes this. This is the thing about this crib that has everybody talking about it. Watch this. He says, the house integrates environmental sensitivity with an elaborate program and advanced computer technology. A high, I ain't said nothing yet. A high-tech sensor system helps guests monitor the room's climate and lighting. Let me explain. When guests arrive, reading from the website, They're given a pin that interacts with sensors located all throughout the walls and floors of the house. So what happens is guests enter their temperature and lighting preferences, music preferences, humidity preferences in the house are all adjusted whenever they walk into a room. The brother has music and music system in his pool. Underwater. (laughs) Here's what Bill Gates is trying to do. Bill Gates is trying to recreate the most, not just luxurious, but the most health-friendly, environmentally friendly, watch this, and positive atmosphere in his home that he possibly can have. In other words, I, I mean, he walks into the bathroom, the floor will temperature will adjust to his liking he takes a shower he doesn't have to adjust the shower knob the shower knows that when he comes in the shower he wants the temperature at 95 degrees the house adjusts to him his environment adjusts to his desires and then as i thought about this man i said man bill gates done read the book of genesis He thought about this thing. Some of y'all, man, that's why y'all need to have no money. Because if y'all got money, you wouldn't be thinking of none of that. Right. Bentley, that's all I want. Maserati, put that in the yard. I just uh, put, put my name, put, I want my name on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, uh, on the gates as we come in. This brother is thinking beyond that. I want it situated by water. I want the temperature a certain way. I want trees built, that, that, that the house is built with that actually improve my health. This is what happened in Genesis. Watch this, guys. The Bible says when God decided to build a house for Adam, it took Bill Gates seven years to build that 66,000 square foot technologically sound house. It took God six days to build a planet with a room called Eden. Mind not blown? Okay, let's go further. So before Adam gets here, Adam and Eve gets here, God says, I'm going to perfectly, hallelujah, I'm going to perfectly set the planet and environment, both atmospheric as well as oceanic, as well as zoologically. I'm I'm going to cover all the bases, and I'm not going to do it for functional reasons. Listen to me now. The Lord was not trying to teach Adam humility by building him Eden and the planet. Some of y'all, again, here goes a church mindset. Listen, listen, the Lord don't want us living like that. Okay, maybe not some of you. <laughs> well, whose house are we going to go to in the time of trouble that can sit all of us? Come on, we're going to hide in the caves. You're not going to hide in the caves in the last days for real, for real, because most of y'all don't even live near caves. The Lord is going to hide you. You're going to need a guy like Bill Gates to be able to scramble all these big brother computer systems that can listen to our conversation right now. That's a whole nother conversation. Like you're going to be in a cave and be protected. God is going to protect you. But anyway, nevertheless, I digress to simply suggest to you that God, what God is interested in doing for Adam is making a perfect environment, not that just is functional and utilitarian. His, this Planet Earth and Eden was not basic. This wasn't, the, the, this wasn't the, uh, the L model. This was the L-E-X. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. This is L-E-X. This is, this is not standard shift. This is automatic, and this is what leather seats, come on, say amen, navigation. It's with all of that. Why? Please don't miss this. The word Eden literally means pleasure. Understand, I don't want you to miss this now. When God is designing the planet for humanity, humanity's not even here yet. So he says, I got to get this thing right. I remember when we had our first child. Some of you remember this. When you have your first child, like you get all geeked about getting the room together for him. Like, you remember that? Like you, you, you buy all the furniture, you do all this cool stuff that you don't need. Come on, say amen. Anybody ever buy the, the microphone system that you put near the baby and you can put it downstairs? And if you hear the baby, you'll, nobody uses that stuff, Right. You don't use any of that stuff, but you're so excited that the child is coming, that you spare no expense. You do whatever you can so that the environment is right for the child. This is the mindset of God. God is like, Adam ain't here yet, but I want this to be ready for him. When Adam beholds his pad, I want Adam to simply say, God loves me. And he doesn't just love me a little bit. He loves me a whole lot to the extent that he didn't just build me a standard series. He didn't just give me average. He gave me a planet yes, sir. with a house called Eden. Yeah. Luxury. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not talking about just normal. God, and I'm going to say this now. Let me just get this in this message now. God's desire for his people is not simply just for them to have the joy and peace of God. God wants us to be happy. I'm just realizing that now. I mean, there's a movement now where we kind of discourage talking about happiness because we should only have joy. Y'all know what joy is. Joy is simply trusting God and loving God and experiencing God's goodness even when you got all hell around you. How many know you need that? We're not in Eden no more. Come on, say amen. You're not in Eden. So you hear me. Listen to me, everybody. Listen to me. No matter what is going on in your life, you you cannot function on planet Earth without joy. You can't can't do it. How do you get, some of us have weeks that that feel like they're going to take us out. Some of us have days where you wish you were dead. Some of us have moments that we wish we could recover. So I'm just telling you now, for your own survival, you know what God gave us through the Holy Spirit? He gave us joy, unspeakable joy a joy that the world can't give and a joy that the world can't take away. What is joy? Joy is a choice. Joy says, I make up my mind that if all y'all go to hell, I'm not going. Joy says, if all y'all are going to be nasty and mean and have bad attitudes, if everybody on my job is cussing and carrying on, if everybody is cheating, if everybody is acting a fool, if, ever, if I've lost it like Job, I lost it all, I choose to say the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Bless it. Bless it. Be the name of the Lord. You, I, you, I don't know. Somebody tell me, how do you make it in this life? If you don't have something inside of you. Come on in here. How do you make it in this life? If you don't have something in you. But God doesn't just want us to have joy. God wants us to be happy. Happiness is different. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is based on your environment. And hear me now. Church folk. Ain't nothing wrong with laughing. Ain't nothing wrong with having fun. It's a shame now. The devil has so misused and abused our ideas of fun that when you say fun, y'all think flesh. We're going to turn up. First thing come to your mind. Y'all not in the Holy Ghost on that. Many of us think like we're in the last days. Oh, the Lord is coming. We don't have time to be excited about anything. These are serious times. We need to be focused on the coming of the Lord. Do you see all the killings out in the street? We shouldn't be smiling and laughing and jesting. Are you crazy? How do you function? See, that's why you're so mean. That's why nobody don't want your walk. Because your walk is boring. Your walk has no joy. Your, y'all still ain't talking back to me. Your walk has no excitement to it. I'm not following nobody off the 480 bridge. I'm following folk who are going to have a good time. Who listen? If God makes you like that, then I don't want none of him. Man, I'm, I'm almost getting sidetracked here. But this is—I mean, if I kept—if you could say, well, "What makes Pastor Edmonds tick?" What's one of those things that drives him crazy about church people? It's the negativity. It's the—it's the evil speaking. It's the atmosphere of discouragement. It's the atmosphere. of Some of y'all don't got nothing good to say ever. I'm sorry. I don't want to hurt your feelings. That's why people don't want to be around you. I know some stuff has happened to you. I know that. But listen, your God wants you to experience and now even when I say this, Lord Jesus, our mind's so perverted. He wants you to have pleasure. Let me just go on. Uh, somebody, somebody, let me just go on. Somebody just took themselves back. They can't even, they can't even come back to the sermon now. Bring your mind, come back. Come back. Let me show you this. Let me show you this. Let me show you this. Because to me, this is what I know about the word of God. The book, the book of Genesis. You know, I wish I had folks who were hungry for the word. I like teaching the Bible. And I like folks who are hungry for it. Have I got anybody here that's in this word with me right now? Oh, I'm looking at some of these faces in here. And I'm, I'm listen, I'm here now. Hey, listen to me in the word of God in Genesis the second. This is so much word in Genesis the second chapter. Every principle that we need for our abundance, for our health, for our happiness, for our joy. All of it is in Genesis the second chapter, including the Sabbath. It's there. And watch this. It's all, uh-oh, uh-oh. Five out of the seven senses, the title of my message today is seven senses. Most of us have been taught that we have five senses, but there are seven senses in the word of God. So, so here it is. So when God is creating the planet, stay here, y'all. When God is creating the planet, he's, and he's not just appealing to the spiritual man. Like, they're not altars all over the place. Jesus, When he, when he made the planet, there weren't, there weren't, church, there weren't any church buildings. And and get this: there was no such thing as secular and sacred. That's a human invention. We made up this thing where you're holy over here, and then where you get then you, you do the God thing here. So right now we're in we're in sacred, we're in sacred, we're in the sacred space now. Sunday, oh yeah, well, especially if you are Adventist, Sunday is secular. <laughs> Monday, when you go to work, you know you're behind the secular. That's why you ain't let nobody to Jesus, because people are not impressed with your walk. The only thing that says God about you is that they know you go to church. But how many of us know in this day and age means nothing, means nothing. There's got to be something more, right? So notice what God does. While he's, while he's designing this luxury, not functionality, not entry level, but luxury, he takes into consideration all the senses. First, first. First, he takes in consideration sight. Y'all still here? Sounds. Tastes. Hearing. Touching. Hear me now. If all five of these are stimulated, one can experience a happy life. Mm. Can't wait to talk about touch. Can I show you how? Watch this. On day one, He gives light, not the sun. Day one of creation. He didn't say let there be the sun. He said let there be light. Because it wasn't until day four that the sun and the moon were created. So I like how some preachers will say, they say God needed to see what he was doing. But how many know our God knows how to work in the dark too? Come on, say amen. Yeah, your behind would still be out there if he couldn't work with his eyes closed. Come on, say amen. Number two, number two on day two, a perfect sky. So then he began, this is amazing to me, I don't know how he, with his mouth, he began to say uh, stratosphere, atmosphere, water, land, and it comes to being, Lord God Almighty. Uh, Then day three, uh, so he's forming, watch this now, two things are happening during creation, forming and filling. Oh, God. Oh, there's a word in here for us. He forms things, then he fills things. So he's forming, and he's shaping, he's speaking, he's directing, he's pushing, he's moving, and now he begins to fill. So I got ground, I got air, I got water, now I need to put something in. Oh, there's a word in that. Many of us have form, but we have no feel. Many of us have the look of a Christian, but we, do not, we are not filled with anything. God is not just interested in you being formed or you being looking right on the external, but God is interested. I'm preaching. Oh, Lord. God is interested in putting something inside of you. Day, day three, land, plant life. Uh, day four, sun, moon, and stars. That's crazy. I just bye bye. I got light already, but pfft, what 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 the heck? Put me a sun out there. Yeah. Put me a star. There are stars out there bigger. Uh, there are stars out there bigger than our solar system. Yeah. Yeah. Throw them out there too. Adam can't even get to them places. I don't care. He'll see them at night. Oh Lord, when he's laying down, I, he can see them two billion miles away. I don't care. I just want him to be happy. Yeah. <sighs> yes, uh, oh, day five, birds. Lord said, the boy needs music. Why not send some angels down there? No, send some pretty things that fly. Put them in the air. So it not only stimulates his hearing to hear the sounds of birds chirping and singing, but let him see some beautiful stuff as it flies and lays on his shoulder. He can talk to them and train them. Let him name them too. I just want him to be happy. Lord have mercy. Yes, the Woo! The then on day six, dry animals. Dry land animals, rather, of every species. Y'all forgive me. I love the lion. Amen? I love elephant. I love hippopotamus. I love mongoose. I love all of these things. And they're all, they're all to serve Adam. You're, you're geeked because you got a pit bull. That's a fake dog. We made that dog. We made that dog. Oh come on in here, y'all mad now? All the pit bull for they mad. Look, okay. All I'm saying is you don't have a lion. I mean, Adam is walking and he's calling forth lions, and they're running up to him, snuggling under his under his nose. He calls for elephants, and they know the language. <laughs> ah, dolphins. Let's go swimming today. And because there's no sin, I kind of believe like he, when Adam went swimming, there was no need for him to come up for air. Yeah. Why? And he and I said, I, y'all think that the work that he was supposed to do all week was not pleasurable. Man was enjoying life. Oh, then let me go here. cause y'all. Oh, and then the Lord, Lord. Lord said, look, there's a tree in the middle of the garden. He says, stay away from this thing, right? The next thing he says is, it's not good that man be alone. That's right. Hey, there's your very justification for marriage. That's your justification for marriage. The justification for marriage is there is temptation, there is sin, there's a devil out there. You need, you some, you need somebody beside you. The, the Hebrew word for help me is the word defender. <laughs> God brought Eve into place to be a defender and to protect him from the tree. But we all know what happened, amen? They both were supposed to serve as spiritual guardian. Now I'm not saying that you should just find somebody that loves Jesus. They got to look good to your liking. Amen. Y'all got to enjoy yourselves, but the purpose of relation, all of it is in the garden. Everything for our happiness is there. Relationship is there. Sights, sounds are there. Taste is there. Touch is there. Things that we're hearing there. And all of them are supposed, I love this, and all of them are supposed to say this. God wants Adam to see all this luxury, all this beauty. Take it all in. And here's the thing. Every day, he learns something new. Can you imagine Adam? he got a planet, y'all. I don't, first of all, I'm trying to figure out, how did Adam travel the planet? He wasn't just relegating to the Garden of Eden. God gave him a planet. For what? First of all, he had eternity to look at it. So one day Adam said, let's just uh, let's walk a thousand miles. Well, no, I'll run because I don't get tired. Who knows? Maybe the eagles were so big back then, some of y'all going to laugh. I just swear, I believe. I think sin, sin has affected the way these animals look. Maybe the eagles were so big, Adam just rise the eagle. I don't know. Too much Avatar. I've seen, watched too many movies. I don't know. I don't know. But understand, the purpose, and he goes places, and he sees animals he's never seen before, and he names them. Oh, I know what you are. How Oh, Lord. And listen, I'm trying to, I'm trying to just to get you to see that God is doing this. And what does God want from Adam when he experiences all this? God just wants Adam to say, I know you love me. See, everything, all, everything, your environment, this is why environment is so important. Environment should constantly remind you of God's love. Because there are other external factors called Demons called Satan, that's, listen to me everybody, listen to me right now, Satan's number one job is to get you to doubt the love of God, and and watch this, and his desire, his strategy is to operate through your senses, now watch this, God gave you senses to enjoy, to experience, he wants you to be touched, come on, say amen. He wants you to taste something good. I'm used to one of these these health folk and you know they I mean listen I you know I'm all about the health life they but these health folk like and, and and I'm looking at the food and I'm just like and I'm looking at them and I'm saying if this equals healthy then I'm doing just fine with this corned beef sandwich because I don't want none of that and you're always angry and you're always mean. Well, ah, 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 what you eating? Whatever you're eating, I don't want any part of that. But no, the food that God gave us was to be enjoyable. There's nothing wrong with making the food look good. Come on, say amen. If it's vegan, whatever it is, it shouldn't be nasty. I'll talk about that on nutrition. You can't look. If you want folk to walk in health, don't give them nasty stuff. Come on, say amen. Don't give them no chocolate first. Give them some salmon. That salmon healthier than that chopping. I'll prove it to you. That bothers some of y'all. Some of y'all are mad on that. I'm trying to tell you. One of, one, re- one of the number one reasons why African-American men in the Seventh-day Adventist church had such a high risk of prostate cancer was because of gluten. Now, don't mess with me. I know my stuff. So I'm just talking about weaning people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Making it enjoyable. Your ta- no, look, look at God. God made our taste buds to experience several different reactions. Uh, We can taste bitterness, we can taste sour, we can taste salty, but we can taste sweet. (laughs) Why? Because God doesn't just want you to eat for health, he wants you to eat to enjoy. Do you get what I'm trying to tell you? My point of this sermon is that creation was designed so that man could have what Christ said in the New Testament. I would that you might have a life and that you might have it more abundantly. So what confuses me is that God desires abundance for us. God desires for our outlook to be positive. God desires for us to be happy. God desires for us to experience pleasure. But when I look at the body of Christ during praise and worship time, when I look at us at the job, some of you go, okay, 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 I'll leave the church service alone. But many of you are just not happy. Uh-huh. Many of you don't even have joy. You got nothing. You are constantly struggling to manipulate a scenario in your life where you can just feel good for five minutes. But I'm trying to tell you, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Yeah, right. See, let me, let me end this sermon. Let me end this. I don't have time to give you air. If you want all the other stuff, go to the first, listen to the first service. Here's the thing, y'all. Listen to this. Ah, I love this. So check this out now. So watch this. We cannot recreate Eden. Every principle is in Eden. Taste. God says experience that. What does Satan do? He says, I'm going to come at them through their senses. And we know appetite got all of us in the mess we're in right now. Now, I don't believe. Now, now, we always talk about appetite. But listen, think about this. This is just think about this. Think about this. Think about this, Carl. Now, we believe pen and inspiration, but I know it's not in the Bible, but just think about it. Let's just use our imagination. Do you think Satan showed up like a nasty-looking snake? No. 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 And do you think that when he spoke to her, trying to tempt her, his voice sounded demonic? No. I'm going to tell you what he did. Your boy starts singing slow jams. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he? Yes, Didn't he? Yes, Come on. Are, are you serious? Yeah. You, hold on. You think You think Satan was like, uh, you know, I got a suggestion for you. I think that you should consider eating this. Your boy came in right. We know he was a worship leader. We know he could sing. So we're always like, yeah, just taste the appetite. No, he came at her with sight. It was a beautiful, I don't know what a serpent could have looked like back then, but there have been studies that have shown that on every serpent, there are what would look to be like nodules where wings were on their belly. So, so this, 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 this joint is flying (laughs) and singing. Baby, come to me. I'm going to give you something joy now. Baby, come. Yo, and so, listen, let me tell you why I know. Let me tell you why I know that's true. Let me tell you why I know that's true. The Bible says that Eve was deceived. Listen. She Okay, so sci- scientific research shows this. That when we God designed us so that when we experience some, for example, if you were to see a beautiful flower and you would have been down to touch the flower. What happens is is in your brain it suspends Listen now. It suspends your cognitive functions to worry about anything else except the flower. If you're being touched the right way. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, listen now. Hey, doc, 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 I said the right way, though. <laughs> amen. The right way. <laughs> in, the, in the confines of marriage. amen. But truth true be told, true, let's be honest. Some of us will sleep with the wrong person and know us the wrong person, and while we're doing it, we suspend judgment. Come on, say amen. That, listen, listen, now God designed this, not Satan. God designed us that when we were to experience his beauties, experience his blessings, that it would suspend our worries. See, that's where we're set up. It was not to suspend judgment, but all of this operates in the same portion of the brain. So it was to suspend worry and frustration so that we could just behold his beauty. We could behold his glory. We could behold his creation. We could behold his blessing. And by focusing on his blessings, by tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, that's what the word says. By seeing his handiwork, by hearing the sounds of his goodness. Come on, somebody. By smelling the aroma of his blessings, by experiencing the touch of his power, by all these things happening in our lives, it takes away our cares, it takes away our sorrows, it takes away our worry. You're not worried about that bill no more because you know that your God is great and greatly to be praised. It's, hey, listen. Ah, man, I love this song that I learned when I was a kid. Uh, uh, well, how to go? Uh, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun, the stars and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be cuz he's still working on me. Now listen. You know what that song is saying? The deep thing is, is the Lord is like, I didn't create a planet. You don't think I can handle you? I can't. I can't handle your children. So 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 God designed us so that when we behold him, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel worship. Oh God. Yes, Lord. Thank you Jesus. When we are in his presence. Yeah. Glory. Right. When we are in his presence, when we are beholding him, we are becoming changed. We're becoming changed. We're experiencing joy. All hell is around us. See, we can't change our environment anymore. But but what we can do is we can change the environment of our soul. Hey, uh, listen, I can't live in Eden anymore. But Eden can live. So watch what Satan did. Satan said, so I'm going to manipulate what God did, and Satan comes through the senses. And what I was simply doing before is trying to disabuse you of the idea that it was just the food. It was the sight, the sound, and it was the threat. Two, two principles other than the first five senses. The two other ones is what he came after. Relationship with each other and relationship with God. Here's my point, and I'm going to be out of your way. To survive on the blessings of the five senses, what you see, what you smell, what you taste, what you touch, what you hear, without a satisfaction from God, is idolatry. Ooh. Now, I'm going to show what I'm saying. See, many of us, we satisfy, we, we're, we're chasing pleasure without God. God is a side piece. Yes, yes, yes. He's not that important. A movie is more important to you. Sight. Sound. The the gossip that you just continue to indulge in. Taste. You know you shouldn't be eating that stuff because it's killing you, and you keep doing it. You know you shouldn't be drinking, and you keep doing it. Let me go here now. Pastor, there ain't no text in the Bible that says we shouldn't drink. You're right. You don't, you're right. Keep doing it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just go ahead. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy. Remember now, there was nothing inherently wrong with eating a piece of fruit. Let me tell you what Satan is after here. If he can get you to chase the the things that pleasure you without God, then this is what will happen. Put that statement. He he wants you to create a negative environment with your life. Did y'all just catch that? Now God doesn't need a physical location for Eden. God wants you to be Eden. A place where people see God, hear God, taste God, come on now, feel God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that you have good relationships, number six, and that you are constantly seeking to bring glory to God, number seven. You ache for that. You, you hunger. See, that's why the Bible says those that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. We don't, we're not hungering for that stuff. So what happens is, is what happens is, is oh thank you Jesus. What happens is your soul becomes dark. You got I'm not saying it's totally dark, but you got a little light in there, but there's more darkness in there because listen, brothers and sisters, and I'm not playing right now. You are not designed to not be influenced by what you take in. You are not that strong. You're not that strong. Y'all not not praying with me. You're not that strong. To just, and so what happens is is Satan, he doesn't, some of y'all, y'all not, no, you're not wild no more. But you're no good either. You're not really making a difference. Your presence doesn't change atmospheres. Look at the world that we're living in. The world we're living in is a hellish, demon-filled environment. When my wife and I get up and have worship every day, we pray the blood of Jesus over our lives, over the lives of our children, because I know what I'm talking about. Listen, y'all, and I know he after me, too. He after all of y'all. There are demons. Satan is trying to take lives, and he is not trying to get you with evil stuff. He's trying to get you with good stuff that's misused. And I know what I'm talking about. You gotta gotta pray the blood of Jesus over yourself when you live live up on how to hear. Because the atmosphere is demonic. When you go into your job, demons have set up residence there. Some of y'all sleep next to spouses that are full of the devil. For the most part, we are living in a world that is against us, Lord Jesus. Eden is gone, y'all. The only thing left is the sensuality of sin that wants us to live for ourselves. So God says, I got a plan. He says, I'll put it inside of him. What is in you? You can't have the Holy Ghost and watch filth on TV. You can't do it. I'm going to say it. Y'all think this is old school preaching, but I'm gonna preach it anyhow. You can't hang with certain people. I'm not talking about for ministry. I'm not trying to talk about leading people to Christ, but you cannot make your friends, folks who are about that life, and it not affects you. Some of y'all work at jobs where they cuss all day, they talk about women derogatorily all day, they're filthy, they stop and watch porn on the job. You are in demon-possessed places, and you don't think that if you're not covered in the righteousness of Christ and are filled with the glory of the Lord, you don't have time to watch that filth. Because when you go out there, you might run into a demon like in Acts, the 19th chapter, and he'll say, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Watch this. Let me end here. Ellen says this. She says, every soul is surrounded by an atmosphere. Don't read no more. Everybody in here brought an atmosphere in here with them. Isn't that what she says? You brought something up in here. What did you bring? Well, you brought whatever you watched, whatever you tasted, whatever you heard, (laughs) whatever you felt. Oh, Lord. The only thing that can offset that is relationship with God and with others who are trying to push you towards righteousness. You brought a spirit in this place. I know it sometimes because I'm preaching the word of God and there's a, heavy, there's a heaviness in the house. There's a heaviness. You see souls, Holy Spirit is dealing with me. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But the Spirit of God is dealing with you and you begin to look deep into people's lives. The Spirit of God is trying to set them free. But they're so heavy with worldliness and so heavy with their pain and so heavy with their lives and so heavy with demon uh, de- demon influence. We're going to church today. No, we ain't. We're going to war. We're going to get some power up in here. Some of y'all come in here playing. Who preach? Who preaching? Oh, pastor ain't preaching? Who's singing? What they doing? What they wearing? What they got on? What he doing? What's that smell? I don't know. Shut up. But devil is here. The devil is here to destroy souls, to weigh on souls, to keep souls down. And you're critiquing and running your mouth and you're not in the atmosphere. You're not tuned into the voice of God. You do not see the spiritual, Lord, somebody know what I'm talking about. Even right now, some of you know that there was war going on. There's a, oh Jesus, hey, help me, Holy Spirit. There was a war going on right now. And the only reason why none of us are dead is because of his grace. Greater is he that is in me. Then he that is in the world. There is a, uh, there is a, uh, the way God designed the planet. Come, where's Willie? Come on. The way God designed the planet. Let me blow your mind. There is thousands, fact check me, of tons of pressure called gravity trying to destroy you right now. Wow. Have you ever thought we're spinning at over a 1,000 miles an hour? Yes, Think about it. We're spinning right now. Ain't nobody dizzy. Well, some of y'all. You stumble in here, but you're here. Come on, praise the Lord. Hey, Lord. But listen, the, the, the pressure, there was, there's atmospheric pressure that pushes us down so that while the world is spinning, we don't fall off the planet. Lift your hands and glorify God. For being a god of the details. Amen. Amen. Hey? Amen. Yeah. He thought about that Amen. thing, didn't he? Alright, so watch this. Hey, what a God we serve. So, so 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 so, so I, I was wondering why are we not why are we not destroyed by the pressure from without upon our bodies? Thousands of pounds of pressure. And 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 you know how God designed us? There is equal to or greater than. The amount of pressure that God has placed within. You're not destroyed from without because of what God had put within. Remember I told you in the beginning of the message, remember I told you in the beginning of the message, you came from the planet. When God decided to build you a house, he said, I'm going to build their house first and then I'm going to take, I'm going to take, I'm going to take components from their house and create them with it. That's why you're 50% constructed of water and dirt. So you got stuff inside of you that's pushing. Lord have mercy. That's pushing to the pressure outside of you. Y'all going to help me preach this or I got to do this by myself? The reason why the devil has not destroyed you because of all the pressures from without you. You wanted to quit. You wanted to give up. You wanted to throw in the towel. You wanted to take your life. You wanted to walk out on your marriage. Pressure, pressure on the job, and pressure in the home, and pressure from your health, and pressure with your bills, and pressure with your bills, and pressure, 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 pressure from your past, Lord Jesus, pressure from your past, pressure from your friends. Pressure from your addictions, Lord have mercy. Your addictions are crying out, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. And why is it that you're still here? Why is it that you're not been cast aside? Why is it that you've not thrown in the towel? It ain't you, it's the God in you. For the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world.